What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome to Snap Judgment AEW Review. I am your host, Detective Mark Smart, and today I'm going to be going over AEW Dynamite for June 24th of 2020. Um, we're just going to get pretty much straight into this. Once again, I don't do dark anymore on this. Maybe I'll bring it back eventually when it makes more uh, sense in the grand scheme of things, but for now, I don't. But So, uh, AEW Dynamite kicks off. With a match between Wardlow and MJ, uh, Wardlow accompanied by MJF and Luchasaurus accompanied by the rest of uh, Jurassic Express. Um, it, it turned out they turned it into a lumberjack match uh, that wasn't previously announced, but uh, cool. So uh, either side of the ring, it's kind of hard to do a lumberjack match with the way they've got the ring set up in AEW right now at Daily Center because there's a huge section of it where the ramp walks straight to the ring and the lumberjacks can't be at really easily and it makes no sense. I mean, they could stand up on there, but then they'd be too much in line of sight and nobody can. So they're just on three of the sides and really mostly only on two of the sides. Uh, and that's a little bit weird. And they're very, very uh, much segregated into heels and faces. So one side has all the face guys on it, and the other side has the heel guys on it. And whenever uh, Wardlow gets sent out to the heel side, they just pretend he's okay. And whenever they, they get sent out to the face side, they beat him up a bit. Um, and, and there really wasn't much intermingling, at least at the beginning of those. And I kind of wish... You know, some of the best lumberjack matches, they have pockets of heels and faces in it, but they also would have faces near the heels and heels near the faces so that there would be a little bit of a um, uh, fight between them where, hey, you're not treating that guy fairly. You're just supposed to throw him back in sort of. Um, but this was this was a decent match. It uh, featured two big men uh, doing big men stuff, a big old Haas battle. Uh, it ended outside of the ring with well not ended but it continued outside of the ring with them uh doing a bunch of stuff on the ramp like wardlow power slamming the ramp uh luchasaurus hit this giant shooting star press press off the stage down onto all of the lumberjacks kind of milling around at the bottom uh there was a lot of the those sorts of things um the ending saw mjf get involved cause a ref distraction uh, allowing Wardlow to hit a low blow and then hit the F10 to pin Luchasaurus. Um, it always is funny to me that they they depict these big guys as being able to take whatever punishment is thrown at them until a low blow happens, and then they're just done, right? And, and yeah, I'm a guy, I've been hitting the junk before, it hurts a whole lot, uh, blinding pain sort of a thing, but I, I don't know if, if you can survive a... 300 pound man doing a a uh shooting star press off of stage onto you you probably can survive a look but that's beside the point anyways afterwards jungle boy went in mjf attacked him the entire ring filled up all the lumberjacks beating everyone up and then it uh went to the announcers and and uh, commercials so um 
Jim Ross did announce that he just got word from Tony Khan over the headset that next week at Fighter Fest, it's going to be MJF and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So they're doing a decent build up to the start of Fighter Fest coming up this week. After commercial break, we had uh, Hikaru Shida versus Red Velvet. I don't remember ever seeing Red Velvet before. She might have appeared on AEW Dark once or twice, but I don't remember her at all and uh there's a good reason she's just out here to feed uh hikaru shida the real storyline for this was hikaru shida and penelope ford got into a brawl before the match um just beating up each other outside and had to be pulled apart and all that and then shida went inside and hit the running knee and then the falcon arrow and got the win and i want to say it was like 12 seconds or something like that so stupid fast um but and then afterwards Cheetah went back outside and and uh they got in a brawl again and then and pull apart and we went to commercial air uh for the first week since the tnt championship uh was crowned we actually did not have a tnt championship match which is kind of annoying because he said he was going to be defending it every week and he did not but they did have uh the fighter fest press conference i'm using air quotes around press conference because as far as i know there was only one press there one person from the press um and i'm i'm literally meaning it's not even like they filled a filled a bunch of seats with nobodies and there was one person asking questions i mean there was literally one set of people out in the entire crowd for this press conference uh so that kind of fell flat in my book the conference itself was okay you know you uh started off and jake hager wasn't there and uh they said let's just go ahead and go with it you know let's just do this and arn anderson talked about uh all of the stuff where he originally didn't think cody was ready for um jake hager but now he thinks that that Cody's definitely ready and that Jake Hager might be doubting himself. Uh, Cody again did one of his face slash heelish promos. It's kind of weird. Um, uh, but he did say the TNT championship represented hope at this point, Jake Hager walks in with no entourage, no rest of the inner circle. Cause uh, Cody had a bunch of people there. He had his wife, he had his brother, he had Arn Anderson there. There were some other people I don't even remember all. But uh, Jake Hager walked in with just his wife uh, and didn't didn't take the mic, didn't do any talking or anything, just said, you ready? And Cody said, I'm ready. And they stood up and they did, did the pose off like the MMA fighters do where they stand side by side and they, they look at the camera and you know, Jake Hager, of course, struck a, a fighting pose. And then Jake H Hager uh, clowned on Cody by holding his arm out, showing how long his reach was. You know, you could almost deck Cody in the face there. And that drew anger from Dusty, uh, Dustin. And and it almost became a fart. Almost became a fight. I'm going to leave that in because it's funny. Almost became a fight. Um, but in the end, Cody, uh, wouldn't take the bait and they pulled each other apart. And then, uh, Hager's wife doused Cody with the glass of water that was conveniently sitting there. And then they left and that was it. And they kind of pitched it like it was going to be this big, like maybe a knockdown brawl or something. And it really was not much. Um, so I was a little disappointed in that. Um, we moved on to the exalted one and, uh, Colt boom, boom, cabana. I'm going to call him cult cabana now because, um, 
because he's all but joined, unless this is going to be a big swerve in the end. But uh, Versus the bad boy Joey Janela and the Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. Um, I believe they're calling themselves Bad Romance now, which I, like I said, they are the tag team I didn't know I needed. Um, this was this was actually maybe match of the night. Now, not quite match of the night because the uh, there's a match coming up immediately following this that was probably match of the night. But uh, but this was was great. Kiss and Janela have some really good in ring chemistry with each other. Uh, they work really well. Um, Brody ended up having to to uh, save Colt Cabana multiple times in it. Of course, then the Dark Minions hopped up to get in, involved. They didn't actually get in the ring, but they caused a lot of distractions and all of that stuff. Um, in the end, though, uh, uh, Brody hit the... I don't even know if they've named it. His Discus Lariat kind of finisher, um, which, frankly, I, I'm, I'm kind of done on Lariat-style finishers. Like... We've already got uh, Hangman Page's, you know, finisher, Buckshot Lariat. Like, I don't know, does a discus lariat look look even as good as the springboard flip lariat? I don't think. Anyways, but then uh, Colt Cabana was able to get the victory um, after Janela was basically decapitated. Uh, and then uh, in the end, out of nowhere, Lance Archer showed up and destroyed Sonny Kiss. Um which I, I guess I don't know uh, where that's leading, but Janela tried to defend Sunny Kiss and threw a steel chair at uh, Archer, but Archer just acted like it didn't matter to him and then hit Janela with a big boot. So um, I, don't, I don't really know if they're just feeding them to, to Lance Archer or if they're trying to build up something bigger. Anyways, moving on to the next match, we had FTR versus SCU, and I think this was probably match of the night. Um, it, was, it was good old-fashioned wrestling versus a little bit more flippy-do wrestling. I mean, Christopher Daniels can't can't do the stuff that he could have done 15, 20 years ago anymore. Um, and that's fine. I can't do the stuff I could have done 15, 20 years ago. I can't even do a lot of the stuff I could have done two years ago. So this is not a shot on Daniels by any means. But he's not as flippy as he once was. Uh, but it still was old-school Four Horsemen style wrestling from FTR with a little bit more, you know, crazy stuff from from SCU. Um, SCU hit a powerbomb neckbreaker combo, uh, but they weren't able to get the pin. Uh, there was a little bit of distraction on the outside. FTR was able to hit the Goodnight Express, which I think is just their new name for the Shatter Machine. Um, and I like Shatter Machine better, but I guess Goodnight Express will eventually grow on me. Um, and then, uh, after the bout, of course, Butcher and Blade came out and they were in FTR's pickup truck and they cut a promo about how, you know, they want revenge for what FTR did. Uh, but in the end, they're not alone. And while that happened, you saw Lucha Bros suddenly appear in the ring behind FTR. Uh, and they challenged FTR and the Young Bucks to a match at Fighter Fest. And uh, then there was a bit, a bit of a fight in the thing, and then Butcher and Blade and Penta and Phoenix all drove off in FTR's truck. Um, so I guess that's what we're getting at Fighter Fest is uh, eight-man tag with Penta and Phoenix and Butcher and Blade uh, versus FTR and the Young Bucks. 
They did a video package hyping the Best Friends versus uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega match. It was really kind of fun because it went back and forth between uh, Kenny Omega trying to argue that that they were the best friends, and Hangman's like, "But you don't even drink." And, and but no, I drink with you. I just drink. I just drink milk. And you know, we we know each other well. I don't really know anything about you. Sort of a thing. It was kind of fun back and forth. Um, and best friends are always fun. The mics. Um, we move on to uh, Brian Cage versus Enhancement Talent John Cruz, which uh, this was another reason for uh, just building up. Brian Cage is a monster. Um, so it was just basically power bombed off, power bombed off the rope, over off the ramp, over the top rope, into the ring, uh, and then hit him with the, um, I think it was whatever his name for the um, Steiner screwdriver is. I can't even remember what it's called anymore. Anyways, um, and then they cut a promo on Moxley, uh, you know, building up to their match. Um, it's not going to be this week at. Fighter Fest is going to be second week of Fighter Fest. Going backstage, you had Brody Lee and Colt Cabana um, talking a bit. Brody Lee says, "Give a, give us another chance to show you what victory feels like." Uh, tag with him against SCU at Fighter Fest. So we're going to have that Brody Lee and Colt Cabana versus SCU. Um, you had a, a little gimmick next with Britt Baker in her Rolls Royce. And this week, she was prepared. She had plexiglass all around it. So there's no way Big Swole could come and get her in this. Like last week, Big Swole threw her in the uh, in the trash. Uh, but this time, Big Swole climbed in the back and emptied a trash can into the plexiglass. And of course, Britt Baker can't get out of it. So she's stuck getting covered in trash. Um, I'm really kind of digging this. It's almost a Stone Cold sort of vibe they're trying to do with Big Swole, and I'm digging it. So um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how much longer Baker's out and whether this feud can last until Baker gets back or not. But for now, I'm digging it. Then you had uh, this was the match to fill the fact that um, Sammy Guevara is out seeking treatment, counseling. Um, and so instead of Sammy Guevara, you had Santana. Um, and we didn't know which Matt Hardy we were voting online for which Matt Hardy would face. And apparently Damascus won. So you had broken Damascus Matt Hardy in the, um, this was, this was a decent match back and forth. I mean, the nice thing with the Damascus character of Matt Hardy is he doesn't have to do the crazy stuff that, you know, version one Matt Hardy or OG Matt Hardy has to do. Um, but this was a decent back and forth, uh, in the end uh, Matt Hardy did, was able to reverse a roll up on to Santana and get them. Then Ortiz ran down and, and they had that mad ball and they're beating up on Matt Hardy. And then, of course, Private Party runs down to uh, save Matt Hardy um, because they're doing Party Hardy. Um, that team is apparently going to be a thing. For and then the main event, but it's not really an event because it wasn't actually a match, but the the main storyline of this was a face-off between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. And so they're in the ring face-to-face. Chris Jericho cuts this long, you know, Chris Jericho promo about how uh, he's going to destroy Orange Cassidy. He's going to juice you, all of that stuff. Uh, I'm going to make sure you run out of juice. And Orange Cassidy grabs the mic and walks up and then sets the mic down. And and in kind of a brilliant thing during his promo, Chris Jericho said, you, you're you not going to be able to. Don't you dare hit me with those stupid, silly kicks or, or any of that stuff. 
At Orange Cassidy sets the mic down and just hits him with the light kicks, uh, showing that he doesn't give an F. Then Chris Jericho takes Orange Cassidy's sunglasses and breaks them, and that is it for Orange Cassidy. He just starts, he takes Jericho down and starts beating him up there, and they brawl. They go outside the ring and they brawl. They start going up the steps. Uh, and they brawl. Jericho hits Orange Cassidy with a TV camera. I'm pretty sure about this time is when uh, Orange Cassidy's ear gets busted open. So he's bleeding from the ear. I do not think it was planned. Uh, you can't 100% ever guarantee that in pro wrestling, but it did not look like they planned for him to be from the ear. Right? Normally when you gig, you do it on your forehead. He heals back. Anyways, um, Orange Cassidy then... Uh, uh, turns the table and slams Chris Jericho's head on one of the railings. Um, and then he goes up the steps away and comes running down the steps and hits the Superman punch on Chris Jericho, who then goes over a railing and down through a table. It was really pretty fun to see. And in the end, you had Orange Cassidy uh, with his shirt dr- blood dripping down onto his shirt and uh you know celebrating in orange cassidy's way um his is showing against chris jericho um and chris jericho lying in a heap so uh really trying to build that that up for fighter fest and you know what i'm loving it uh i think if anyone can help people see the star that orange cassidy is it's chris jericho but that was it for the sort of go home edition of dynamite before fighter fest um, it'll be interesting to see what all comes out of Fighter Fest this coming week and, and all that. All told though, all in all, wasn't the best episode. Uh, there were some good stuff, but there also was just a, a fair amount of just kind of filler in it. So, um, this might be my lowest rated episode, uh, since we've been doing this. I think I'm only going to give it a, a six out of 10, uh, six citations out of 10 for AEW Dynamite for June 24th. It was decent. The parts they did good were really good, but there was just a lot of just kind of filler. And quite frankly, um, after watching NXT afterwards, I feel like NXT put on the better show this week. So um, six out of 10. And uh, we will be back to do AEW first night of Fighter Fest next week. Uh, do not forget a. <laughs> Do not forget, Run Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. podcast, so you can head over to tatnusco.com and see the other episodes, other shows that are in the podcast network. You can head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. You can head to our merch site, shop.spreadshirt.com slash rawandorderwbu. You can visit me on Twitter at rawandorderwbu. Are you seeing a trend here? Um, if you look for Raw and Order WBU on someplace, you'll probably find us. So, uh, but make sure, like, share, subscribe, and we will see you soon with next week's AEW Dynamite review, as well as our visit from the FBI and our NXT review and our regular WBU and all of that stuff coming up. So thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.